Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we begin a new segment of our journey series with a message titled Kingdom Supply, which is God's supernatural provision for His people to finish their course and achieve their destiny. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Bibles to the book of Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to read you our foundation scriptures that we've been working with. We've been talking about the journey for a minimum of 31 weeks. Amen. We've been talking about the journey 31 weeks because there is no end to the journey that God has your life on. Amen. There's no end to the journey he has you on. God's journey started when you came into the, to the earth and it will continue until you are seated in heavenly places with Christ. Amen. It won't stop when you leave this body. It continues on into heaven. Amen. But we cannot neglect to live the life that we have in this earth because you're passing through here one time and you need to let that pass through be a fullness of a pass through. You need to let the life that you live in this earth be abundant. You need to live this life in a way that you actually actualize, bring forth and manifest everything that God desired for you to manifest. Amen. If God had a timeline and said, Derry Moton, you're going to be born on November 3rd, 1963. And on November 3rd, uh, 2063, you're going to leave this place. I'm going to give you 100 years, Derry. If that's what he says, then guess what? From the year zero... To the year I got saved are years that I'm missing out. I'm missing out on God's purpose for me when I'm not in his will. But when I discover his will, when I discover the fact that he loves me and that he has brought redemption into my life. And now with that redemption, he is now able to reclaim the years that I lost then I can reclaim those years and I can let the years from when I give my life to Jesus to that end of the road, I can get everything God has for me with no regret and no loss. Amen. Because we in our human lives live in regret. Regret is part of the sin nature. It makes us look at where we've been and says, man, if I had made this choice or that choice, then I would be further down the road. Amen. But I know people who made those choices when they were young and I haven't caught up with them. Because God's not a respecter of persons. God doesn't have special people who make good choices and he only blesses them. And those of us who didn't make good choices, he's not going to bless you. It doesn't work like that. Matter of fact, there's a parable that says that a man went out and hired workers to work in the morning. And he made an agreement on what he was going to pay him. Amen. And he, they went out to work. And then later on in the day, he found more workers. And he brought those workers who weren't probably, who probably was in the bed still when the first workers went out to work. Amen. And he grabbed those workers and he brought them along and they worked. Then he got a third group of people later than that, brought them to work and let them work. And at the end of the day, everybody got the same thing. And the people who got there first said, why are you paying them as much as you paid us? He said, because the first shall be last and the last are going to be first. Amen. You may not get into the very end, but if you get in, God has an abundant harvest still for your life. Amen. God can still bless your life. If you haven't made all the decisions you think you should have made, God can still work in you. If you give him what you have, when you give it to him. Amen. I grew up in a, in a household with faith, but I was a person without faith. But when I got faith, I activated my faith. 
Amen. Somebody told me one day, said, man, I remember you came to church. I was already a minister and you didn't pass me up. I said, I didn't pass you. It's impossible for me to pass you. Because we're not going the same place. <laughs> and if you think I passed you, then what you should do is you should just start right now. Activate, move right now. Do what you got to do right now. Amen. God is not a respecter of persons and God will not let you down. Amen. Now, Here's our foundation scriptures. John for third John verse two. Beloved, I, bl- I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as what? As your soul prospers, your soul has got to prosper. If your soul prospers, then you will experience what God has for you. Amen. But you got to get your soul into prosperity. What does that mean? That means your heart, your mind has to be in line with God's word so that you are able to then move with what God has for you. Amen. Second passage is Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what? All things will be added to you. In other words, don't seek your life. Seek the kingdom. If you seek the kingdom, everything you need is in the kingdom. Amen. Come on. If you're looking for love, you ain't going to find it. Seriously. You, if you're looking for love, you're not going to find it. You know why? Love is in the kingdom. Seek the kingdom. You're going to find love. Amen. Tell you what, you're going to find something you think is love. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Psalm 35 verse 27 says, let them shout for joy and rejoice who favor my righteous cause. God said, if you favor my cause, I want you to shout and rejoice. And this is why. Because. Let them continually say, the Lord be magnified, who delights in the prosperity of his servants. Tell your neighbor, say, God delights in your prosperity when you are in agreement with his righteous cause. Amen. God wants you to prosper. Tell your neighbors, I said God wants you to prosper. But what is prosperity? See, that's the hang up. We think prosperity is money. Amen. Amen. Two people laying, two people laying in a hospital. One's got a million dollars. One's got hardly no money. Guess what? They're in the same place. Your money ain't going to help you right now. Amen. So money can't be prosperity because if when I need something, money can't buy it. The money's not the, or the order of prosperity. Amen. You, you might say, well, money gets you a better doctor. Yeah, but you might get a better doctor who don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> they got really good doctors that graduated from the highest level school and made mistakes. Amen. That's why we all know what the word malpractice means. <laughs> Just because you're a doctor don't mean you know everything. Amen. And you might need, you need to know the right thing at the right time. Amen. Come on. I know who Captain Kirk is, but they ain't helping me right now. The wrong information doesn't help you at the wrong time. Only the right information. And that means in order to prosper, you have to have what's needed at the time when you need it. That is prosperity. Prosperity is in whatever your need is. When you need it the most, it is available to you. Then you have prosperity. And you can have total prosperity in your life if you learn how to let God be your prosperity. 
if you learn how to seek the kingdom and let God be the one who guides you. Amen? So for the last few weeks, we've been talking about overcoming giants. And giants are those obstacles that face them, that put themselves between you and whatever your life is supposed to be. Whatever God's called you to your life is, those giants become the things that become the obstacles. Those giants cause fear. Fear is not the giant. The giant is the obstacle. But the giant creates something in you. And you can fight the giant and lay the giant out and still be afraid. Because you got to deal with not just the giant in your life, you got to deal with the fear that comes as a result of what the giant ends, is or represents. And if you don't deal with the giant, then all you will do is be in perpetual warfare, not winning. Because the battle's not on the outside, the battle's a battle of faith. We're told that we're supposed to fight the good fight of faith. Faith is the battle. And fear is what tries to take your faith and push it off course. Fear is what comes to try to stop you from being able to go past your inner barriers. The things that, that, that speak to you when nobody else can hear. When people tell you, man, you have great potential. I know you could do this. And you just feel like I can't do that. What's that speaking to you? It's the fear on the inside. See, everybody has what they call, the, uh, a psychologist would call it a terror barrier. They would say that inside of every person, there are a series of barriers that are established within us that mark a point of terror or point of, of fear in which we cannot pass unless we actively find a way to challenge it. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus because Jesus can pull down your fears on the inside. When you know who you are in Christ, if you understand who you have been made to be in Christ, then he says, guess what? I'm the alpha and the omega. I'm the beginning and the end. I am the one who breaks down anything that you could face. And when I'm in him, I don't have to be afraid. Amen. When the inside of me says you can't go that far, God inside me says, I told you to go. Amen. Romans chapter 8. And let's get into this. Turn to your neighbor and say, supernatural kingdom supply. <laughs> Once again, say, supernatural kingdom supply. I'm getting ready to read this passage of scripture to you. I'm going to tell you something happened to Tammy and I. We were... Um, we had a series of things. The Holy Spirit spoke to me one day. He said, I want you to wean yourself off of the salary that you get. And I said, eh, okay, how am I going? I'm going to wean myself off my salary. <laughs> How's that going to happen? But he said it again. He kept saying, I told Tammy, I said, Tammy, the Lord said to wean myself off this salary. And I told her, and I just said, Lord, I don't know how. I didn't realize I kept confessing I didn't know how. Rather than saying, Lord, show me the way. I didn't realize my confession was barring me into a hole that God had told me what to do. But my fear had stood between me and that thing. And I was confessing the wall rather than confessing God's answer. And so here I am trying to figure it out. And God's saying, I don't need you to figure it out. I need you to obey. Because if you could figure it out, you wouldn't need me to do it. 
You know, I can tell you something impossible to do, but with faith, all things will be possible for him who believes. But you're telling me how much you don't believe, so you can't do it. But it doesn't change the fact that I've told you to do something. So I finally got it together and I started making a confession. I started confessing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you. My confession is I'm the man of zero. I'm the man with no debt. I know no man, I know no man anything except the debt of love. That's all I owe. While I'm paying my bills, I'm the man of zero. <laughs> I, know, I owe no man anything. And I started making my confession. I started making my declaration. I started making my declaration. And as I started making the declaration, it came a time when God said, now, I want y'all to move and do X. And so we had to move. And when we moved, we had to let go of the salary. But God had already prophetically spoken to me to be prepared for that day. Be prepared for the season. And so when we made our transition, we had a deficit every month. And I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm the man of zero. I got no debt. I think you know, oh, no man, anything except the debt of love. I think you're meeting my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I think I'm a giver and I'm going to give and not stop giving. And even though we were in deficit, I gave my tithe regularly. I kept on doing it and I kept on moving it and I kept on moving it. Next thing I knew, I was standing. My three kids was in college. And I st- one day I said, I'm not taking not one more student loan. Not one more. I made a declaration. And you know what? I didn't take another one. And guess what? They all graduated. They all graduated. Listen, how they all graduate? They all graduated because I finally took a stand. Then I'm not taking not one more. Not one more. And once you say and make a commitment of faith and you stand in there in heart belief, then you've activated something that you have to then let God have his perfect work in you with. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter eight. I want you to listen close because I want to I want to take you. I want to take you to your kingdom supply. Amen. God started working in our behalf every time we make a decision to let him. Amen. Romans 8 and 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are where? In Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the what? But according to the? For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from? Number one. What does condemnation mean? How many have ever seen a condemned building? A condemned building is a building that is in a condition in which a authority looks at it and pronounces a judgment on it. This should no longer be lived in. This is not up to standard. This doesn't meet objective. It should not be lived in. A pronouncement is made upon that thing and that's what that thing is. But guess what? That's what your life is. Your life has been living under condemnation. There are certain things that a pronouncement has been made against you that you can't go to college or you can't do this or you can't never own a house or you can't ever be in a good marriage or you can't have love. You can't have this. Those condemnations have been placed on your life. 
Because that's what happens in the sin nature. And maybe those ones I said aren't the ones you have, but sometimes those are the ones, uh, there are different ones that have been spoken over you. And if you embrace them and hold on to them, you will live under condemnation. You can't do this or you can't do that. You're supposed to be in abusive situations. You're supposed to be in this. You're supposed to be in that. If those things are the things that ride with you, that condemnation stays with you. But the word here says there is therefore, because when you come into Christ, you shed the condemnation. Come on. When you're in Christ, the condemnation is pulled down. When you when you say, man, these are the things that hold me back. You can say to those things, you don't have power to hold me back anymore. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. To be in Christ means that you are in Christ and you're not in your flesh. Because your condemnation lives in your fleshly body. Your condemnation lives in the, in the outer you. It lives in the mind or the thoughts. It lives in those things. And if you dwell in those things, those things will replicate and they will hold you in bondage when God never called you to be in bondage. Amen? Listen. And this is how I want you to get. For the law. A law means that there has to be a decision placed that a law will apply to something. In other words, there are, there are no laws unless there is a governing body. Amen? There's laws of physics and laws of chemistry. How are those laws put in place? God placed those laws in order. When God formed the earth, he gave boundaries to certain things. All things have their boundaries or their authority. Their level of authority gives them, quote, law. And so gravity oversees other laws. And you can overwhelm, you can overwhelm, overwhelm gravity with the law of thrust, which is why a plane that's too heavy to fly can fly because thrust oversees gravity. And if you have a law that is an absolute, if you have a greater law, it goes over the top of that law. Amen. Every time you see a plane, you should say all things are possible for me. Because gravity works. It's going to hold it down. Gravity, you, can, you go out and try to push a plane. It ain't going nowhere. Because you don't have the level of power to push it. But if something has enough level of power of thrust, it will overwhelm the law of gravity and make something that weighs thousands of pounds fly. So death is a law. Everybody coming in. If you come in this world, you're going out in death. It's a law. But he says here, but the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Oh, man, come on, y'all, y'all, y'all missed that. Come on. The law of sin and death holds all of us in check. But he says here, there's no condemnation in Christ because there's a law that goes over the law of sin and death. Then when you think about, man, I'm going to die one day. Don't be absorbed with that. Be absorbed with the fact, man, there's a law that goes over that law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. My life in Christ puts me over the laws of sin and death. I don't have to live in fear of death because I live in Christ. And just like if I get on the plane, I'm expecting that they're going to hit the gas and this thing is going to fly to take me wherever I got to go. I'm believing that when I'm in Christ, I'm going to hit the gas and I'm going wherever God's called me to go without regard to death or sin or anything else.
Because a law is only as strong as what holds the law in place. Amen. No condemnation. If something says you can't fly, you say, yes, I can. If something tries to speak to you and say, you can't do this or you can't do that, you should say, no, I got a law that's greater than that law. You're speaking to me sin and death and terror and fear. That's what you're speaking to me. But I have another law. I have the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. It takes me over that. Amen. Amen. Now listen. Legal matters are handled by court. Correct? So if you have a legal matter, that legal matter is upheld by an enforcement agency, a lawmaker. So God's the lawmaker. God makes the laws. Go to Genesis chapter 1. God made the laws, right? But then there's somebody who's enforcing laws. Amen? Genesis chapter 1. When you get there, tell your neighbor, say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a new creation. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. God is the lawmaker and God says, let us make man in our image. He said, I'm the lawmaker. I'm making man in my image. I'm the creator. I'm making this thing. I'm forming this thing. I'm shaping this thing. And when I shape it and form it, I'm making someone to be in my image to manage it. In our likeness, let them, husbands, look at your wives, say, it's us, not me. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Very key point here. The lawmaker, the creator, says, I'm making something in my image, male and female, made in my image. Let them. In other words, I'm stewarding, I'm giving them my authority. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Dominion means that you have the power to dominate something. And what did he do? He gave them dominion in the garden. In other words, he carved a specific space for man to have dominion in. Tell your neighbor, say, I have a space carved for me in which I have dominion. Come on, you don't have dominion in my house. But you have dominion in your house. You have dominion where your feet set. God told Joshua, he said, wherever your feet set, that land I give to you. In other words, you dominate wherever you stand. <laughs> Amen. All right. Where you stand is where you have dominion. Amen. 
Look at this, verse 27. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created them. He created both of them. Amen? Now, we have a mixed up world right now that our genders are all kind of crazy. We don't know who we are. We don't know what's going on. We don't know who's, is, are men in dominion, women in dominion? No, Adam and Eve were in dominion. Ish and Isha, the male and the female, they were made to have dominion. And in fact, God only made one like he's one. But then he said, it's not good that Adam be alone. I'm going to take things out of him and I'm going to make two. And I'm going to take something out of man that he's no longer going to have. And he's going to need her in order to be one. Amen. And so a woman can't be complete the way God intends without male. And a male cannot be complete the way God intends without female. Amen. Now, with no respect to sexuality, two men sitting in a room together can't complete each other. Again, I'm not talking about sexuality. I'm talking about just two men cannot, cannot complete each other because they have the same thing. They still lack what they lack. Amen. Two women in a room can't complete each other because they lack what they lack. Amen. Like I said, take the sex out of it. Sex, that is the sex is meaningless. That don't mean nothing. I'm talking about just the reality of humanity. God created the partnership between Adam and Eve and the Adam and Eve in order to have the fullness of supply have to come together as one. Their differences have to complement each other so that they can become one because if they're the same, they can't reproduce. But in our world, our differences are what make us try to separate rather than come together. Amen, amen. See, we get into differences between men and women and we say, uh, I'm mad. You, you don't, we don't get each other. No, we don't get each other. Because <laughs> I got stuff you don't have and you got stuff I don't have. I don't get you. <laughs> I love you, but I don't get you. <laughs> Amen. But our partnership, our coming together with our differences is what allows us to become productive. So we don't resist our differences. We bring our differences together. And our differences make us stronger. And then we achieve and we accomplish things that we couldn't do by ourselves. Amen. Amen. Because when we do that, we're activating kingdom supply. We're activating kingdom supply when we take our differences and bring them together. God starts to provide for things. There are certain things I do really well that I need my wife to understand. And there are certain things that I don't do well, I need her to understand. And vice versa. Amen. Because when the areas I'm weak in, she's super strong in. Super strong. And if I get frustrated because my weakness is revealed in her strength, then I'm missing the point. Amen. Because unfortunately, when a stronger one is around you, you do feel weak. <laughs> Amen. 
Amen. If me and Superman in a fight, I'm going to feel weak. <laughs> He's stronger than me. So my best bet is to be a partner with him rather than trying to fight him. <laughs> you fly, I get the ground game. <laughs> Amen. Amen. See, that's how we're activating supply. We're activating supply because what one lacks, another has. And together we have dominion. Amen. He's, that's why he said, let Adam have dominion, male and female. See, the word Adam is actually not a name. It's actually a, it's actually a title. Actually, in the, in the Hebrew text, it's actually with a small a. Adam made from mud. See, it wasn't his name. It was what he was. He was identified as Adam. Adam made from mud from the ground. God God formed man. And then he took woman out of the man. So woman wasn't made from mud. Just man. Amen. Amen. Come on. Listen, now go to go to uh, go to chapter two. Chapter two. What ha- what went wrong? Woo, come on. I want you to get <laughs> it's all good in the, it's all good in the neighborhood, but something went wrong. Amen. Genesis chapter two, verse sixteen. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. I heard a man say this. He said that this principle that's here is called the principle of, of divine. Let me say it right. I have a different thought. Of, I have a different thought of what I call it. But what he called it, he referred to it as. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Divine portion. He called it divine portion. In other words, God said, listen, I, I made you, shaped you, formed you, put you in the garden. And I'm going to do one thing for you. I'm giving you stewardship of everything in this garden except for one thing. That one thing is my portion. Amen. This whole garden, look around. This garden goes all the way from the Euphrates River to the Tigris River. This river goes north and this, this, this garden goes north and south. This garden goes everywhere. He said, just one spot in the garden I want you to stay away from. Don't eat the fruit of this one tree. Leave that for me. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Everything else is yours. Just leave this one thing. Divine portion. There's a portion God set aside for himself. Amen. Now, when you have access to everything and you choose the one thing that you shouldn't do. It's going to be a problem, right? God said, everything in here is yours. Take it all. Just this one thing. Don't touch. Leave it alone. Don't eat it, because the day you eat it, you're going to die. Now, he didn't have any, they didn't have any reference to understand death. And when you really look at the word death, it means to be separated. In other words, when you break divine provision with me, when you break that provision, when you break that thing, you're going to be separated from me. And when you're separated from me, then you're on your own. Amen. Listen close. God made man in his own image and pronounced that only man would have dominion. 
Tell your neighbor, say, only you can have dominion. Contrary to people's theology, Satan does not have dominion in the earth. God never gave, God never gave Satan dominion. You can't find it in scripture where he gave him dominion. The world is in chaos. It's not ruled. It's not governed, which is why it's crazy. Because there is no authority in the earth. Number two, God put the blessing on Adam and Eve's life to have dominion. He put a blessing on there. Remember we said that there's a law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Well, I want to introduce you to a third law. And that was the original law. It was just the law of life. God made Adam and Eve alive. He made them alive and gave them dominion. God's original intent for us is that we had a life, a law of life that we operated by, that we lived in God's presence. We constantly were fellowshipping with God, that we had an open heaven, that we had an opportunity to walk with God, no fear, no concern, moving and being in dominion over everything that walks in the earth. That was God's original intent. But when Adam violated this one thing by ignoring God's command and taking charge of the divine portion that he wasn't supposed to take, he set in order a separation between him and God so that his immediate understanding of himself was he lost his covering. He lost his covering. What was his covering? He was made in the image of God. See, we read earlier that God God said, let me make man in my image. The word image actually means shadow. Let me make Adam to be my shadow. So that when I move, he moves. And when when I go left, he goes left. When I go right, he goes right. Let me make Adam in my image. But when he violated, he separated his image and he became his own entity but when you become your own entity i remember when i first moved out of house i first left home and this little apartment that i got and so i went to my little apartment and i was sitting there and and i i had my little i had my i had my uh my 12 inch tv And I, you know, I have my 12 inch TV, but when I took my TV, I couldn't get no reception. <laughs> Man, oh, I can't. So I'm then looking around and I see the cable, right? Oh, I got to hook the cable up. So I go, I, I find the cable. I got my coaxial line. I ran it, put it in the back of my TV, squeezed, uh, you know, turned it in there and turned it on again. Nothing. <laughs> Still the same. I mean, what's going on here? I got everything I'm supposed to have except I'm disconnected. <laughs> Amen. See, my parents were connected. Their house was connected. They, they paid their cable bill. They had cable. <laughs> I wasn't paying a cable bill, so I had no access. So here I am. I got all the, quote, same stuff, but I'm not connected. 
And that's what happened to Adam. Adam got disconnected because he was originally connected to the source and now he's not connected to the source. So now he's living under the law of death. Separation. Separation. He's living under separation. And no matter how much he wants to do, no matter what he does, God said, listen, the book of the, uh, the, uh, the end of chapter three, he said, listen, Adam, the ground is cursed because of you. And I want you to understand this. He didn't tell Adam he was cursed. I have to renew my mind because I'm, I'm, I have a lot of things in my mind like you probably do. He didn't say Adam was cursed. He said the ground is cursed because of you. You're separated from me. You're living under something already. You're living separated from me, period. But now the ground is also cursed because the ground can't respond to you the way it was supposed to. Because when I designed this thing, it was supposed to answer to you. And you've left your post. And so the ground has nobody to answer to. So it's cursed because of you. Come on, I want you to understand because this has a ramification on your understanding of your own ability to tap into what God has for you. Look at Romans chapter 8. Go back to Romans chapter 8 again. Romans 8. Go to verse... uh, Go to verse 19, Romans 8 and 19. So when we start talking about money, everybody thinks you're going to talk about taking offerings. Kingdom supply has nothing, it doesn't have to do with that. Offerings is like the least of your issue. You got to understand what's going on here. Number one, you got to understand God's original intent for you was for you to be able to live your life in dominion. That's God's original intent for you. You got to understand that because if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that God intends for you to live in dominion, then you're going to succumb to everything that comes against you. I remember my brother, my, my brother's a couple years younger than me and uh, we, me, me and him only had, we had a fight one time, one time. And so we had this fight and uh, uh, he was, he was getting me. I was like, man, this dude's. I'm the older brother, but he's, he's taking me to work, man. But I know I'm the older one. So I can't quit. Because it would not be said that my younger brother whooped me. It would not be said. It would not be spoken. It would not be heard. <laughs> so I'm getting whooped, but I can't quit. And I'm not quitting until I win. So that's a mentality I'm carrying into this fight. And even though I'm getting something that I wasn't supposed to get, I'm not going to lose. So I'm going to stick with this until I win. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And I, I, and I overcame. He, he'll never say he with me. <laughs> but if you don't understand, you're supposed to win. Then when you find yourself on the short end, you'll quit. I couldn't quit because I'm supposed to win. <laughs> and you need to know God said, I, you know, don't quit because you're supposed to win because I'm empowering you to win. I'm empowering you to win. So the world is under the curse and the world is suffering because verse 19 says. Oops. Verse 19 for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, the world is going to be in chaos until God's church wakes up and realize they are supposed to have dominion. 
The world will remain in chaos until the church recognizes who it is and what we're supposed to do separate from being religious. Because see, what church, what we most believe, we most believe that if the church is really big and the church is really, really doing what it's supposed to do, that we're just going to have a big church. No, no, no. That's not what God's intent was. Because guess what? I've read my Bible. I haven't seen a big church in the Bible yet. <laughs> I've been scanning the scriptures. I can't find it. What makes a church be what it's supposed to be? A church is what it's supposed to be when the individuals who are called to work in dominion arise and begin to execute God's righteous cause. Woo, come on. When the church begins to recognize that we are called to excel and to do what God's called us to do with excellence in such a way that it becomes a worship from who we are into whatever we put our hands to do. And we begin to do that and move in that no matter where you are, no matter what state you're in, no matter who you are, whatever you put your hands to do, I do it as unto the Lord. And it becomes a worship because then all of a sudden God's power is released in me. Then I take dominion. Then I become advisor to kings. Amen. Then I begin to be in position of leadership and rulership and exercise righteousness rather than chaos. I begin to make covenants and cause people to walk in peace rather than people walking in division. I begin to exercise my authority and my leadership in a way so that the law, the spirit of life in Christ becomes a governing law around so that sin and death are not the things that people are constantly focused on and falling to. Come on, next verse 20. For the creation was subjected in futility. In other words, creation got put into a futile situation. The earth can't even produce what it needs to produce and wants to produce because it's under the futility of chaos of man. And we got problems with ozone. We're going to have problems because we pulled all this oil out of the ground. We're going to boot all these things. We shouldn't even have to use fossil fuel. That don't sound like churchy, does it? Because you're the church. Everything that has to do with you is the church. If you understand that, then you understand that God is not calling for us to just live in a world and not make a significant contribution to the world. Amen. Verse 21. Let's finish verse 20. For the creation was subjected in futility, not willingly, because of him who subjected it in hope. In other words, God put it under Adam's care in a hope for Adam. All right, verse 21, because the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Whenever the children of God are wake up, whenever we really wake up, the world will be set free. Come on, I know this sounds huge, but it's really simple. It's really gets down to we need to be who we're called to be. We need to really start being the people that we are called to be. We need to stop thinking about how religious can we be. And we have to really be focused on how can we really be the people that God has called to be. 
And when it comes into making disciples, making disciples is very simple. It is helping people understand God is not against us. God is for us. And God has sent a son into the world to give us redemption that we might fully live who we're called to be. Amen. That's what we're called to. Go to go to uh, real quick. Go to Luke 19. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close on a couple of light things here. Luke 19. Your neighbor say, I am called to have dominion. Listen, you have struggles in life, right? Guess what? No, you don't. I've been saying it. I got struggles. I don't struggle. I don't have no struggles. You know what I got? I got stuff I need to take authority over. <laughs> I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling with flesh and blood. Amen. I'm taking authority over things. Amen. Come on. Luke chapter 19, verse 13. Jesus is telling the parable, but we need to learn from it. It says, so he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minas and said to them, do business till I come. (laughs) He said, I gave, he said, this man, he took his servants. He gave, put something in their hands. He said, y'all go to work till I come back. He didn't tell them, sit around and wait for me to come. Go sit on, go find a mountain to, to hide on and wait, wait till the, till the coming of the Lord. Don't, no, he didn't tell them any of that. He said, go to work. <laughs> Do business till I come. The King James says this. It says, occupy until I come. Occupy. It means take a space, make your space, occupy it till I come. Don't let anybody move you off of it. Don't let anybody push you off of it. Take dominion until I return. Amen. Amen. Now, you don't have to take dominion over people. You have to take dominion over circumstances. Amen. Second Peter, go there real quick. Second Peter, and we're going we're gonna to give you a couple pieces of information. I'm going to tell you what we're doing. Second Peter. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter one, verse three says, as his divine power has given to us, what? All things as his divine power has given us all things. All things that pertain to life and to godliness. You got everything you need to live and you got everything you need to be godly. Amen. 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 But if you're not confident of that, you will give up when things get challenging. You got to be confident in the fact that God is with you and that God has already provided what you need. I had somebody, I was sitting, I was praying about something and the Lord said, he said, it's already in the house. I said, oh, praise the Lord. It's already in the house. He said, it's already in the house. He said, don't wait no more. It's in the house. I said, praise the Lord. It's in the house. So we were waiting for something to do something. And then God said, it's already in the house. I said, all right. So when we, we had our baptism, right? So we looked, we, looked, we looked a while back. We said, we looked at the baptistry. Man, that's a lot of money. We're going to pay for this, this baptistry. Laura said, it's in the house. I said, okay. Um, okay. We're going to do this right now. So I had to just say, we're going to do this. We're buying this thing. Let's go. So we bought it, had it delivered. Guess what? Somebody, somebody sent an offering for the exact amount. It was in the house already. It just needed somebody to step into it. We had to step in. 
in order for it to come back. Amen. And if you're in situations and you're looking at your life, you say, man, this isn't right. This isn't right. Guess what? Just step into it. Step into it and let God open the door of provision. He's already provided everything that has to life in God. He's already said, you want, my goal and my desire for you is that you have dominion. I already want those things for you. But if you stop, you won't inherit. You got to occupy, make your decision. I'm doing business until God comes and get me. Amen. I don't have no retirement plan. Guess what? I'm accumulating resources, but I don't have no plan. <laughs> I don't have no plan. I, somebody said, when you, somebody asked me, other, when are you going to retire? I don't have no plan to retire. I don't have a plan. I have no, no plan. Now, I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to accumulate resources. I'm going to accumulate assets. I'm going to grow. I'm going to expand. I'm going to do all that. But I ain't got no plan on when I'm shutting it down. God's going to shit. I'm going to let God pull the switch. I'm not pulling the switch. Amen. When God pulled the switch, fine. Until then, I'm going to do what I'm called to do, and I'm going to keep on it. Amen. I'm not going to back off of it. Because why? Because God has got something for me to do. And I realized this. When I didn't know what to do, I just said, Lord, I'm going to do what's in front of me, and I'm going to do it as unto you. And he opened every other door as a result. Amen. Because God don't need your, he don't need your great idea. He just needs your body. Amen. He don't need your great idea. He needs your body. He needs a willing body. He needs a willing vessel to say, I'll do what you ask me to do. I'll go where you say to go. And when you do that, he'll show you what to do. Woo. Come on. Come on. Look at this. Last thing I'm going to give you here. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious what? Promises. A promise is not a promise if it can't be fulfilled. Amen. <laughs> it's only a promise if whoever says it can do what they said they can do. God has given us exceedingly great and promises, great and precious promises, by which that you may be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, you can be put right back into the divine position that God wanted us to have in the beginning. Amen. I want God to, I want God to call me Adam. I want, him, I, want, I want him to restore my name. Amen. Amen. We were uh, doing genealogy studies. And I was uh, researching... And my last name is Moton. Obviously, that's what you all know me by. And I'm doing my research, and I found out Moton is not my last name. It's the name I was given. And my father was given that name. Because my grandfather was given that name. But that wasn't their father's name. So all this time we've been identifying by name. It's not our name. (laughs) The name I've been answering to is not my name. You know what my last name is? Adams. (laughs) Come on. It's Adams. Amen. I did my research. I found that that's my last name. Amen. But I'm not the first Adam. I'm the second Adam. Amen. Amen. Found in Christ. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. Now I'm not. I'm not. You don't call me Adams tomorrow. That ain't, that ain't what I'm talking about. I'm just. I'm just talking about the the fact that you sometimes are doing things and trying to learn things and understand things. And in your middle of your growth, God reveals things to you that you should understand and not not just write them off. Well, that's a coincidence. It ain't no coincidence. It's God telling me, son. I want you to go back and reclaim what you're supposed to have. I want you to reclaim what you're supposed to have, because guess what? It doesn't make a difference. What else is going on around you? Whatever I told you is yours and you need to go after it. You need to write the vision and make it plain. And then you need to go after the vision with uh, understanding that you're waiting on God. Waiting on God means that you're serving him with an intent of getting what he asked for you. Amen. Amen. Your divine provision that you're going to walk in, you are going to walk in divine provision. And the provision you're going to walk in is whatever God has for your life. And there are no people who can take you off of it. There are no people who can cheat you out of it. You're going to walk in it because you've got the Holy Spirit of God to lead you and guide you. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ is making you free from the laws of sin and death. And whatever sin and death has tried to hold you down from, God said, I got a, I got a law that goes over that law. I got a law that goes over that law. We're going to walk in this law. Amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to pray and I'm going to share this with you really quickly. Everybody stand on your feet for a moment. So everybody knows, everybody knows what our logo looks like. Our logo is three circles. Amen. Three circles. The blue circle represents the church. Church of Jesus Christ. The royalty. What God has created. Amen. We are kings and priests in him. Amen. We are royalty. The red circle represents the community that the blood of Jesus was shed for. That the reason that he shed his blood is that the people of the world might be saved. That there is a a design of, of God that he wants to pour the blood on all flesh. So that all people receive it and all people receive the goodness and the mercy that he desires. And grace is God's favor that comes on us because we didn't deserve it. But mercy is God's protection from things we deserved that we don't get. Amen. So the mercy and grace of God is shed by his blood for the community. And the gold circle is the occupation circle. It is the responsibility of the church to do business until he comes. To operate in not just a church Asking everybody to give it something. But a church that's aggressive and says, God given us everything that pertains to life and godliness and whatever we need, we will step forward and we'll allow God to provide it. And when he provides it, we will never have to ask. Now, that's not coming from a pride. We're not asking because whoever desires to give, let them give. But the church should not be dependent upon the world system. To take care of what God says we need to do. Amen. Because if he does that, then he'll just tap somebody in the world on the shoulder and say, send that resource over there. Amen. So that, that, those three things represent three distinct things that we're supposed to do as a church. And so I was stalling on something because I was waiting. And God said, stop waiting. Step. Step. And so we have our red circle being formed right now. So we're just waiting for our paperwork back from the, from the uh, IRS. But we have our 501c3 established as a community development corporation. 
And so this formed. And now we're just waiting for our final approval to be placed on it. And what are we going to do with that? We're going to take our homeless outreach and we're going to move it into that community development corporation. And we're going to begin opening the doors for us to be able to do more. Okay? We're going to do more. We're going to do more. We're going to be able to start doing what we need to do for the schools. If we need to do tutoring programs, whatever the schools need, we're going to start empowering ourselves to step into those arenas that need to be stepped into. And we're not going to wait. We're going to step. And when we step, God is going to supernaturally supply what's required for us to do what we're called to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now I was praying, the Lord said, what's in your hands? And I said, Lord, okay. I did an inventory of what we have in our hands. I said, Lord, okay, we have a bookstore. He said, and you had the first business. Now set a goal for the business. He said, run it. You got a store? Run it. (laughs) Create revenue. Start right there. Then I'll open the doors for everything else that needs to be open. You start doing what you're called to do. Don't be a one-circle man in a three-circle life. (laughs) Amen? Don't be a one-circle person when I gave you three circles. Amen? Come on, don't, don't, don't be halfway. Don't be just where everybody else has been. Do what you were told to do. Take away your own barriers. Pull those things down and say, you know what? I'm stepping forward in faith because that's what God's called me to do. Amen. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the laws of sin and death. Sin and death don't have authority over us. They don't have dominion over us. Jesus turned the whole over, world over with 12 people. Somebody's worried about how many people in the room. How many people in the room? I don't care how many people in the room. We just need 12 people who made up their mind. They're going to do what God said. That's all we need. That's what Jesus did. <laughs> if that's what Jesus did, that we can do. Amen. He said, as, as I am, so you shall be in the world. So whatever he did, we can do. Let's go. <laughs> Amen. But now what does this require from you? It was very simple. Drop your fear. Get your expectation on God and his word and live this life the way God's called us to live it. Live it with a dominion mentality. I've been sent here to have dominion. I've been sent here to exercise my faith. I've been sent here to see God do mighty things. And the things in my life that are holding me back will not hold me. If you have toxic relationships that you're around right now that are holding you back, don't try to curse the person. Bless them. Overcome the toxicity with the goodness of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let the Spirit of God start to move and and penetrate the lies because you're not dependent upon them. You're dependent upon God. Amen. See, sometimes we just want to take toxic people and cast them out. But guess what? You're called to actually reach toxic people. You're called to give toxic people the gospel so that they can be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so when they're toxic, give them the word. Give them the word. Give them the word. Give them the blessing. Blessing. You know what? I'm blaming God's blessing on your life. Somebody called me with some absolute foolishness. They called me with foolishness. And I'm mad because they wasted my time because it, it made division and everything else. But then you know what? The whole thing is ultimately God said, he said, speak life over that craziness. Yes. 
You speak life to that craziness. You, you call that thing back into where it's supposed to be. You call it into order and you take dominion over it. Don't let it have dominion over you. Don't let it cause confusion and stress. No, 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 no. You call me, I'm going to give you what God said to have. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this anointed group of people. I thank you for this group of people who have the power of God resident in their hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord, that you are doing a new thing in this place. You are strengthening us with might in the inner man and causing us to walk in new places. I thank you, Lord, that everyone here who's not sure or not clear about what. Thanks for listening to today's message titled Kingdom Supply from our series titled The Journey. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, we believe you're going to find a lot of things that you'll love, things that uh, will give you more information about who we are as an organization and our church and events calendar and other messages that may be of interest to you. On our media page, you can catch our live stream worship service every Sunday morning, broadcast at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. And again, if you want to join us on a Sunday morning, you'll find instructions on how to get to us and also what you can expect when you get to a Sunday morning worship service. Once again, the website is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. So God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly. So walk in your dominion.